Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I'm here with Dr. Joan Brager. Dr. Joan helps successful women use online dating to find loving life partners. She's the author of Never Too Late for Love, The Successful Woman's Guide to Online Dating in the Second Half of Life. She is certified as a relationship coach by Catherine Woodward Thomas, the family therapist and New York Times bestselling author of Calling in the One and Conscious Uncoupling. Joan was happily married at age 62 to Mark, whom she met on Match.com. She is enjoying a full life, coaching women, staying fit, and spending time with children and grandchildren. She's a graduate of Harvard, where she earned her bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees, and has worked as a professor and leadership consultant. Joan, thank you for coming on to the Me Time Midlife Podcast. Thank you, Kim. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, me too. So I'm going to ask to start with a question I ask every guest, which is what do you enjoy doing during your me time? Oh, it's such a good question. And it's a good question as we start to talk about relationships as well, because I, I believe that if you don't take care of yourself really well, uh, you're not going to be in relationship with anyone else who takes care of you well. So that's the first place. And every time I've gone through a big transition in my life, which certainly being single in my late 50s was a big transition. The place I actually go to is self-care. So I, I have a long list. I, I was telling you, I just, I go to the gym three times a week and I go to a very special gym. So when I get to go there, I see other women my age all doing our best to stay fit. So that's true. It's just a truly enjoyable social and physical outing that I do. And I make sure to go to yoga once a week, and I don't want people to envision hot yoga. I <laughs> do a very slow, meditative form of yoga. And again, there are many women in my age group in the class, and we have a wonderful time. And so I, I just have a long list, including walking and bicycling. And, you know, I, I, I just honestly have learned through many life transitions to take care of myself. And that's yes. why I like your work, Kim, because that's what it's about. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, listen, Joan, you are a very accomplished woman. You have uh, degrees from Harvard. You're a professor. You were doing really well um, professionally, but there was something missing, right? This is an amazing dilemma of, that started with my generation. I came of age in the 70s. I, you know, I was in the women's movement, all of that. And... Um, we were the first generation of women who had full access to high, to professional education, you know, the first women to go to law school, all those things. And so um, many women focused on their careers because it was quite a, quite a big challenge just to get established in our careers. And what for many people did not happen as well was family life. Mm. And uh, right now, um, 
almost half the women in my generation are single, actually, which is like an amazing, this never happened in human history before. And they're single for three different reasons. Um, they uh, never married, they married and divorced, or, or they're widowed. So there's a great, there's a great number of women who are sorting things out like I was in my late 50s. Now, um, I had already had children and the children were well raised and on their way out the door. And I was uh, 58 and on my own and I decided that I didn't want this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to live in a loving partnership with someone that hopefully would give me even a more extended family. That's mm -hmm. what I was hoping for. Right. Now, when I talked to you before, you talked about your dream come true. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you mean by your dream come true? Because you had a lot of uh, things going on in your life that were going right. Um, yeah. Again, you were very successful, um, but there was something that, that you still wanted. Um, what, you know, why did you want that? It's a, it's a dream I've actually had my whole life. Mm. Of, I, I had an image of a certain kind of partner who was very loving and caring and you know had my feelings and needs as his first priority and all this so i, I always had that image and i uh instead i just have to say this i was uh, attracted to partners who were very ambitious in their own right mm. <laughs> or were out there conquering the world themselves and this is, you know, this is a very challenging issue in relationships. Do you, the question that comes up is, do you, and you can answer it either way, is do you want to be a support system for another person? And I, I, I don't play that role well. Mm. And some people do, and it's a choice, but I don't play, I will be everything you need to make your life work. Um, and for some people, that's a lot. So I, I, I was, I, 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 the, uh, some of us have a joke, but my picker was broken. <laughs> and so I was, I was picking people who were, you know, interesting and lovely in their own right, but not necessarily a good match for me. Mm, so right. I, I had to learn a lot to undo that. Mm -hmm. and, and right. Right. So there was a lot of self-discovery. Oh my goodness, that's why, you know, I it, you said in my intro, I'm, I'm trained by Catherine Woodward Thomas, but I, I was also coached by her because when I got to my late 50s and I realized I did want to bring a partner in, I, I, I got in touch with the best coach in America. You know, Catherine wrote this wonderful book, Calling in the One, and I really worked with her to unwind whatever beliefs I had that were preventing me from calling in a caring person. Mm. And some of those beliefs were I have to make it on my own. So if, if you have the belief I'm on my own or I'm gonna make it on my own, uh, you don't have uh, a whole bunch of receptors for people taking care of you. <laughs> so I had, to, I had to undo that. And I, you know, I believe in the human being. I believe we're a learning creature and I believe we can learn at any stage. And in fact, I, I work with women in their 50s, 60s, and 70s, and everybody's capable of learning and unlearning. So, 
Right. Yeah, that's true. There's the learning and there's the unlearning. So what is different about dating now as opposed to maybe back when you were in your 20s yeah. or, or something? Well, I, I think the hardest thing, I, I started, I said, all right, I need to meet a partner. Well, the truth is, I don't meet him at social events. I didn't have any friends who were referring single men to me. And I, I don't want to go to a bar because I don't want a man who drinks. So I, I, there, were, there was no obvious places to meet them in person. I went to some meetups and chatted with people and met nice people, but it, it, I wasn't finding anybody. And then as people say in the natural course of events, it wasn't happening. So my son who was about 32 at the time said, mom, try online dating. And I was um, very nervous. I was very nervous about that. Um, one of the big challenges of online dating is you meet people uh, with whom you have no common community of people, <laughs> okay? So normally if you meet someone in your social circle, you could ask somebody, what's this guy like? How did he treat his last relationship? But no, you're meeting people without any context. And, and you sort of have to have all of your alerts on it takes a little bit longer to learn about somebody that way. So somebody asked me the other day, you know, isn't it like love at first sight? And my answer is no, it's not like that. It's more like, oh, this is a nice person and I could probably have another, another conversation with him and I'm willing to invest in another conversation with him. Mm. Not, you don't immediately know this could be a life partner. It takes quite a while to find out in fact in in my case i with my husband i waited two years of getting to know him before i agreed to marry him even though i wanted to get married i did not want to marry without knowing him very well mm. so um so so the the online dating was the challenge definitely how do you do it how do you sort people out how do you meet people who are not a match for you how do you meet people who may appear to be a little crazy? And that occurs. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I've heard that. People. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. You know, there's everyone who's been online dating said, oh, you should hear the stories. Well, I could have spent my life telling the story. I could have written a whole book about the stories of the guy who wasn't right. I could have written that book, but I didn't want to focus there at all. As, as soon as I sorted out that somebody wasn't right for me, I just politely moved to it all. You seem like a very nice person, but I don't think we're a match. Thank you. And just moved on because I didn't want to focus it. So I actually, um, I don't know if I told you this, but over two years, I met 40 people. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. I met them. I had coffee with them. Mm -hmm. Some of them I had a dinner with. Some of them I had two dinners or three dinners with before we found out that it just wasn't enough chemistry for both of us to move forward. Um, uh, I went out with one person for three months and got to know him fairly well, only to discover it really wasn't going to be a long-term relationship. So, I, you know, I, I, wrote, I wrote my book because I was, I'm trying to give guidance for women on how to do this. It is, it's not easy. It takes support. You can get demoralized. And lots of people talk about online dating. Oh, I tried it. I'll never do it again. Because of course, if you meet two, three, four, five, six people who are not a match, you start to wonder, 
is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with online dating? I don't want to get hurt like that. The hurt you experience from online dating is disappointment. You know, you go with somebody, you get your hopes up, and then one of two things happen. Either he doesn't, you know, he's not attracted to you or time goes on and you don't want to continue it. So either of those can be disappointing experiences yeah. for everyone. And so learning how to get through the disappointment and keep going, mm. is, it, that's the hard part. Mm-hmm. So... So tell us a little bit about how you help your clients. So a, a, a woman might come to you and she's in her midlife yes. and um, she also doesn't want to find a guy at the bar um, or she's been unsuccessful finding somebody that way, you know, going out and, and meeting somebody or uh, being matched with somebody through a mutual friend maybe. Um, so she's ready to start the online dating. Yes. And um, And so how do you help her uh, figure out how to do this and, um, you know, what, what are, what's the process you take these women through? I take people for a very specific process because I do believe it's an inside out job. I really mm. do. So the first thing you have to clear is if you're holding on to any lingering resentments from the past, mm. any incomplete relationships you have, going back to former lovers, going back to your parents, anything you have in place that has you upset will not allow you to move into an easy, good, loving relationship. So we, we clean out any old beliefs that are preventing you from just having this wonderful person show up and care about you the way you need to. The As unlearning, you, right? There, there's the unlearning. Whatever yeah. you know, got us into all those relationships that didn't work out in the end, that's what we have to, especially at this age. I, I assume that most people, by time they get to this age, have had one, two, or three serious relationships that they've learned a lot from. And we have to sort out what did you learn and what do you need to do moving forward. I, I will say that's the main piece of work. The, the logistics of what it takes to just um, uh, go online, I, I, if they're in my book, I have guidelines for it. Uh, I can teach somebody the logistics really simply, but the main thing is that they're grounded and they know who they are. A really interesting thing is they have to understand they're the prize, okay? So hmm. what do you mean by that? Oh, that's a really good one. So now I say guy, it could be woman or man, some partner, is going to be thrilled to find them and mm. lucky to find them, right? And that's the stance they need to hold. So if people are not attracted to them, which happens in life, that's what I found out. I was online for two years. What I found out was about half the people were attracted to me and half them weren't. Mm. And how do you know that? Did Is that what they expressed to you? Well, or? Yes, I, it was very interesting. I, I went on the first date with a very nice, very interesting, nice looking guy. And then he didn't contact me at all. I was like, what, what's the matter? I didn't understand. So I contacted him. I said, gee, uh, uh, I thought we had a nice time. He said, you know, we had a nice time. I'm just not, you're not it. I'm not that attractive to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I really actually appreciated him saying that so straight because I don't think there's anything wrong with me. I just think some people are attracted to me and some aren't. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, my husband, 
is madly attracted to me. And six years later, will chase me around the house. So I, <laughs> but not everyone, you, you cannot. And vice versa, right? Yes. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. I love my husband. And well, I, I mean, yeah, that's my, great for your husband, but you also might not be attracted to the, oh. the guy that you're dating. Yeah, well. Although I, it's well, maybe less important for women. What would you yeah. say about that? I, I oh, one men are kind of visual, they are, and so if it doesn't work for them, it doesn't work for them. But uh, this is what I say. I, I, you know, I've studied and thought about this quite a lot. For the woman, you really want to get the compatibility to see is this a person I could really enjoy being with, and then the chemistry comes from that. You know? mm. Now, now I always say, you know, a long-term committed relationship means. This is someone you want to get in bed with every day, you know, and not even have sex, someone you want to get into bed with every day. And that has to be good. You have to be happy about that fact. Right. So that that much has to be in place. But I, you know, I've been watching a lot among my clients. Sometimes they say there was so much chemistry that I overlooked all the red flags. Mm, Interesting. Uh, And then, you know, two, three months later, we're dealing with the red flags that came up. Right didn't want to pay her attention right you know he's got problems so so how do you like how do you like mitigate that right like um where maybe you're wildly attracted to this guy um but he's not he's not right for you how do you kind of um how do you take care of your emotions uh like that (laughs) Without making a plug for coaching, I think you need support to do it. I think you need someone else who's on your side who can reflect these things through with. You can think through, you know, sometimes clients call and said, her client called this week, she said, I just want to run this past you. I said, okay. She said, well, the man I'm dating, who she was very attracted to, told me what he likes about me as opposed to his ex-wife is, I don't need much attention. I said, Hmm. oh. You know, what a, oh, what a what a red flag! Like I, I promise you, I'm not going to give you attention. Mm. You know, my former partner needed that, and I don't want to give people. I just don't want to work 18 hours a day. I don't want to have to. I said, oh, what a what a red flag that is. And so we just talked about it, so she could just say it out loud. Like, really, do I want someone who is happy? He doesn't have to give me attention. So. It helps. You need support to do that. This. That is really true. Yeah. To, to actually say something out loud and to get it reflected back to you. Yes. So what I'm hearing is you're saying that, you know, such and such. And so um, it's really powerful to hear those words said right back to you in your own words. Right. Oh, he doesn't want to pay attention to his partner. Right. What kind of rela- relationship is that going to be? So, um, yes. And- yeah. So what are some things that women need to be aware of um, in midlife as they're, you know, they're going on these different sites. Uh, you found your husband on match.com, but there's different sites out there. Sites are senior singles and yeah. all that. I, I like match because I discovered that there were thousands of men in my age group who were single in the Boston area where I live, mm-hmm. who I wasn't meeting in the grocery store, but here they were willing to put themselves out. I'm single. I'm available. Right. That's much more than you're going to learn in casual conversation. So that's nice. And then, and then it's your job to start to learn 
more about them. Some of the things I want to say to women in our age group is it's really important. A good man is attracted to women in her, his age group. I just want to tell you. Hmm. That. Okay. Ex expand on that a little bit. Well, you... my, my husband, when I met him was 64 and I was, I was just turning 60. And um, he told me, I said, how come you want to date women in their sixties? He said, look, my son is 46 years old. I, I, I didn't want to go out with somebody in my son's generation. Mm. <laughs> I want to go out with someone in my generation. So, um, so women have to know that uh, like a quality man wants somebody he can share life with and experience with. And, you know, both my husband and I have come through the experience of raising children. We had both actually raised children as single parents for a significant period of time. So we're, we're very understanding of each other's lives. And now we have between us seven grown children. He has five and I have two. And that actually has turned out unexpectedly to be my dream come true. Hmm. I tell you that I have all these lovely kids who not at first, but over time welcomed me in as a family member and I have relationships with all of them and talk to them and I'm involved in their lives. And it, it's just for, from being a single woman who had raised kids alone to being a member of this big family, it, I, I couldn't ask for more mm. in this chapter of my life. Mm. How lovely that is. Right. So you, you weren't necessarily, necessarily looking for that, but when it came, you oh. were like, I love this. Oh, well, this is they're fabulous. And yeah. you know, they're really a testimony to, my husband and his ex-wife that they raised them so well and they turned out beautifully so um and i'll just say this uh, one of the other things in this period of life is you're going to have former partners <laughs> and if there's kids those former partners are in your life so you know it's it's um it was my coach Catherine, told me have you met his ex-wife i said no she said well, if you're going to be in relationship with those five kids, go meet the ex-wife. And so I did, and we get along, and lo and behold, we have family parties, and there are engagement parties, and weddings, and lots of things where we're, I'm together with her whole extended family. So, so there's, in this period of life, it's honestly better if people learn how to get along. Right. I don't know if this is necessarily your area, but I would be interested in if women seeking other women, it'd yeah. be similar, you know, with a, with a similar age group and, um, it's a good time of life. All you that. Know, the, what I understand, and I'm not an expert at this actually is, uh, um, when women somehow, uh, they're better with former partners, like it's more part of a community. And, um, like my, you know, my brother is gay and he and his partner include ex-partners in their community. It's not, you know, it wasn't a, a cutoff point where they put people in the past. So there's much more community involved. Mm. So, yeah, I just wonder if the strategies would be the same. Um, maybe a woman has been uh, with a man or with men for most of her life. And now she would like to explore um, dating women. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'm with a woman, but, uh, we didn't meet online or anything like that or in midlife. Um, right. I just wonder, I mean, not that you have to have the answer for this, um, but, and it, it's much more rare. 
uh, than men seeking women and vice versa. But I wonder if the strategies would be the same. It's a really good question. I think the experience of having been married to a man and then being interested in women later in life is, 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 is not uncommon. I think that happens a lot. In fact, we were at a wedding this weekend and uh, my, my husband said, oh, those two women aren't together because I know her. She was married before. Mm. Said, what does that have to do with anything? You know? right. And sure enough, found out these two women were a partnership. And he said, oh, I said, you know, life is long and people are choosing who they want to love in new ways. And uh, But as far as the dating part of it, the part that is similar, I believe, is that it's not easy. Oh, okay. Right. That's agreed. Yeah. You might have to go out with a lot of people. You have to meet yeah. people. You right. wish it would happen all at once and suddenly, but sometimes you have to meet a lot of people. And that's yeah, that's that's absolutely true. Um, I really love what you talked about, you know, clearing out those old beliefs. And most of the time you spend with your clients is working on themselves, right? Working on um, how they feel about themselves, um, you know, what they're looking for, uh, navigating those obstacles and challenges as they go out and date and maybe are unsuccessful or, you know, um, I, I really like that part of your work. I'll, I'll tell you, the interesting thing about the, what we call them false beliefs is they're, they're developed really young. They could be developed five, age five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Something could occur. Um, in my family, my parents were divorced when I was a young teenager, so I developed a belief, I've got to do it on my own, which was not true. My parents were there with me till the day I died. They were on, you know available to me and caring. But you know, the child says, Oh, my goodness, that happened, I better make it on my own. Or, you know, I have one client whose parents were both medical doctors who didn't have literally didn't have time enough time for her. And so she took on at age five, I'm not lovable. She just decided that. So breaking up a five year old's hold on your thinking, I'm not lovable it takes a lot of consciousness to say, no, that was a decision a five-year-old made. It's not accurate. Right. And actually, if I look at myself today as an adult woman, I, I am lovable. I have friends mm -hmm. who love me. You know, I'm really clear I'm lovable. But the trouble with the old false belief is they're usually unconscious and they're just running our lives. Yeah. Yeah. But as an adult, you're able to understand yeah. Um, maybe what was happening there, how you interpreted it as a, as a young a little girl, you know, yes. is different than if you can analyze it as an adult and say, okay, I understand now, like, um, exactly. that's not what it was. Exactly. Your adult has to say, look, this happened when I was five. I'm sorry. There was no one to console me or clarify for me what was happening. No, your parents just have very busy demanding jobs, but that has no reflection on you. You are lovable. Right. And what you would tell that little girl today, right? Exactly. Uh, I've, I've done that many times, <laughs> you know, um, just kind of envisioning my, my, myself as a little girl and how I felt about things and, um, you know, the beliefs I had then and, you know, going back and, and kind of working through those is yeah, consoling yourself like, oh, I know they left you alone, but the truth is you're fine and you're lovable. And reassuring that is actually the work we do in calling in the one is getting those two parts of yourself in touch there's a, a mature woman in there who can tell the truth in an empowering way 
and there's also a small child who needs a lot of consoling. Yes, yeah, we all have we all have her. She's there. <laughs> okay, Joan. So, um, last but not least, you are offering a free digital copy of your book, "Never Too Late for Love: The Successful Woman's Guide to Online Dating in the Second Half of Life." What can people expect? Okay, I, I want I, I'll offer digital copy of my okay. book. Okay, I'm coming out in paperback till early next year. Okay. So here's how you get it. You send me an email, and I'm going to spell it out very carefully. So. It's Joan, J-O-A-N, at Joan Brager, I'll spell that, J-O-A-N-B-R-A-G-A-R, B-R-A-G-A-R. So one word, Joan Brager, uh, oh, Joan at JoanBrager.com. Right, right. Joan at JoanBrager.com. Just send me a note. I'm happy to send you the book. It has all the tips for dating online as well as the whole story about how you can find your own happily ever after, which I'll just make a plug. I think people deserve to have a happily ever after. Mm. I think people deserve to have love in their lives and it's possible to get it despite all of, all of what you've been through. It's possible to have it. So right. I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in that. That's great. Well, you're definitely a testament to that. Joan. So thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm also going to, I'm going to put your um, email address in the, um, in the show notes, as well as your website and your LinkedIn. So people can connect with you. Okay. Thanks again so much, Joan. That was fun. Bye-bye. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple Podcasts app if you listen to the show that way. And if you want more Me Time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our Me Time Midlife Community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.